Hey, my name is Kevin Clark. I'm the host of a new football podcast called Slow News Day. I want to tell you about it. On Mondays, Lindsey Jones and I will recap the weekend in football that was, as well as look ahead to what's next. On Wednesday, the normal Slow News Day, the thing you've been watching for years, current players, current coaches, current analysts talking about the football world. And on Friday... It's a wild card. Could be some college football, could be more pro stuff. It's a video podcast, so you can watch it on Spotify or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Spotify. It's Slow News Day. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Because you are a fighter, and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodello.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome to Extra Point Taken on the Ringer NFL feed. I'm Shiel Kapadia. Joined by Ben Solak. Ben, you know, usually we come up with some type of idea for the show. We go that route. Uh, This time, like an hour before the show, I messaged you. I'm like, I don't, you know, I think idea number two might be better than idea number one. Let's pivot. So uh, it'll be a little spontaneity here. How are you feeling about it? Spontaneity? Yeah, that's your middle name. It's spontaneity. Oh, all right, whatever. I, I, thought, good start. I, I thought you were doing. I thought you were doing like a riff on like the word "new" in "spontaneous." I was like, I don't know. This is. It just means what it means. I don't know how to pronounce uh, many words uh, correctly, yeah. so listen, it's, you can uh, correct me. But yeah. if you feel like Ben's wrong and I'm right, then go ahead and uh, attack him uh, as please you would don't. Do anyway, it's always um, no. It's always a great day when Adam Schefter decides what the topic of the podcast is going to be. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, Appreciate it. it. <laughs> a little quick thank, morning thank change, you, Adam. That was nice. All right. So we're going to lead off the show talking a little Odell Beckham Jr. And then we're going to get into, as Ben alluded to, six teams have inquired per Adam Schefter with the Arizona Cardinals about trading up for the third overall pick in the upcoming draft. We're going to have a little fun with that. Which team is it going to be? Which team should it be? And who's like a wild card that's kind of lurking? Just saying, hmm, you know what? No one's thinking we're going to do this, but maybe we will do this. So we will get into all of that. But let's start off with the news of at least this morning. Odell Beckham Jr. signs with the Ravens a one-year $15 million deal that can go up to $18 million. Odell Beckham Jr., 30 years old, of course, tore his ACL in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, did not play at all last year. How are you feeling about this, Ben? I've seen like wild takes kind of on both sides, I feel like, with this one. Some people very excited that maybe Lamar Jackson, if he still plays for the Ravens, has a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. And others saying, how could they pay $15 million for a guy who is 30 and did not even play in the NFL last year? Where do you stand on this move by the Ravens? So, yeah, I think that while I largely agree with like, why are you paying this much money? for a player who didn't play last year and you don't need to uh, I also don't mind in mid-April when like 
you know, obviously the Ravens had the Lamar price tag notwithstanding, but they clearly feel like they're going to be able to get him to play on the on the, the non-exclusive franchise tag this year. Like they're kind of trying to account for that money. You're not spending, you know, if you paid Odell eight instead of 15, you're not really using that 7 million. You don't expect to be using that at, at any stage. So I don't mind just being like, okay, what's the figure the Jets don't want to go over? 15 million? We would like to pay you more than $15 million and just never letting Odell get to New York. Like that doesn't, that doesn't bother me too much. I like, I, I think if you were handing that money to Odell in day one of free agency, I'd been like, ah, chill out. But we're like a month removed from free agency starting. So I don't, I don't mind the, the overpay too much in that regard. So that's number one. Number two, Odell's still pretty good. Like, I, I think Odell, like, I, is Odell a top 15 receiver? No. Is he clearly better than Nelson Aguilar? Who's the current Ravens wide receiver two? Yes. And I think that, that that alone to me is like, okay, the Ravens got a player. I don't mind the price tag too much. And he improved the roster. So like overall, I think good move. I think it's the, the, the solid move designation. I didn't I didn't go and run to FanDuel Sportsman and go over win total for the Baltimore Ravens. I think over Lamar Jackson passing yards. Like I don't like I don't think Odell's gonna rip off a thousand yard season and play 16 games. I think that you're running the risk of him getting banged up. I think that he's an older receiver, he's gonna have, you know, like uh, like ligament issues, and I, I I don't think that he's gonna necessarily get the volume, even if Lamar plays. Like I we shouldn't get too far over our skis with like, okay. Name recognition. But I do think he's a better receiver than pretty much everybody they got on the roster. Maybe Rashad Bateman not with Cluda, but Bateman's also coming off of injury. And I think that, like, while it's a high price tag, it we're not at the stage where I really, like, care about a few millions here or there. You know what I'm saying? So overall, get Ben Solak thumbs up. Stamp of approval. Good job, Ravens. I'm kind of with you. I didn't have a strong feel. Like, I was surprised people had such strong feelings about this. I know. I was like <laughs> jacked up. Yeah. I, I guess because it's April 10th and, you know, there's not a, a lot of non-draft stuff going on. So when there's a move, everybody has to react. I was basically in the camp of, I don't think I would have done this move, but I don't think it's like a wild, you know, it's not, this isn't going to prevent them from like doing anything else. It's one year, 15 million. You know, when I do the, the free agency rankings on my uh, spreadsheet, as I'm doing that exercise, I put like projected salaries that I think each guy is going to get paid based on the market, based on deals last year, based on recent deals. And I thought Odell Beckham was in line for like a $13 million a year contract. Like I mm-hmm. had him among my top 20 free agents. So uh, I didn't think that that was that wild and it's one year i mean it's not like you know they're they're paying him guaranteed money for three years down the road they'll use some void years uh to bring down the cap number in 2023 and i'm with you i like their pass catching options a lot better when it looks like uh beckham bateman andrews Aguilar, Duvernay, like you have more options than the guys they were trotting out there uh, last year. So uh, again, this all, we, we all know Lamar is kind of the story there, but if he comes back and they somehow are able to work things mm-hmm. out and you have Todd Munkin and now you've upgraded the pass catching group a little bit, then there's at least a little bit of excitement. I did think it was interesting. Uh, Jeff Zrebeck of The Athletic, who uh, I think is one of the best uh, beat writers in America, does an awesome job covering that team. He called it uh, a little desperate and was like, is this a bit of a PR move? You know, like the Ravens have just had like from a PR standpoint, this has been like a nightmarish yeah. offseason. Even their pre-draft press conference, the the awkwardness of someone uttering, the, a reporter uttering the name Lamar Jackson and then jumping in saying, no, 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 this is a draft only uh, press conference because 
this is a non-Ravensy type move. Like they're normally the team that waits and gets like the Justin Houston on the cheap deal or the Calais Campbell on the cheap deal. Now they've taken some swings in the past. Don't get me wrong, Marcus Williams, uh, Earl Thomas, but this didn't feel like a move that the Ravens would typically make. So I, I am a little bit interested in that aspect of it. But uh, overall, yes, is it is it more money than I think you would need? You should have needed to pay for Odell Beckham at this stage. In the offseason, yeah, I mean, he's making $4 million more than any other wide receiver signed for uh, in the offseason. At the same time, I'm with you. He was good with the Rams. I mean, I know it wasn't last year. It was the year before. But like on that Super Bowl run, 48 catches for 593 yards and seven touchdowns in 12 games. Right. Like If nothing else, he's a really good, you know, number two wide receiver with the kind of offense you want to play. You have other options there. So uh, I'm okay with it. So my... Bottom line is, I don't think I would have done that move if I were the Ravens, but I don't really have a problem with the Ravens making that move. Fencing, uh, as you would call me. No, I, I like a good fence set. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a fence set. Again, it's April 10th. We're, this is yeah. Yeah, it's like the 45th wide receiver deal sign in free agency. It's all, it's all right to, to, to be on, on both sides. Um, yeah, I think that... I'm trying to remember. You, had, you made a really good point. Now I forget what it was. Anyway, Ravens are great. Um, oh yeah, yeah. The other thing with like the, the price, yeah. The, the other thing with the price tag is eh, slap four void years on that deal, and we right. ain't got to deal with this for next season. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like oh, Ravens cap space for 2023. No, all the money is in a signing bonus, and all of it's going to get deferred over void years. And so if they extend him because he's fine, then they can hold that cost off for a little bit. And if he leaves for a year, then he hits them for 13 million dead cap next year. Which like again, do you feel amazing about that? No. If Odell is leaving next year and you're still done with this wide receiver room and like Lamar is gone, you got bigger problems. You're not gonna be like, oh man, that 13 million we spent on Odell, this is the worst. Um, where do we stand on Lamar Odell FaceTime screenshots? Mm, how, how, that now, was the most now, this interesting is, part of this thing, I, I think. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I thought you were gonna open with that. I, if I know my man <laughs> Shiel Kapadian, I know Shiel. When he saw that FaceTime, it a little, little light bulb went off. So now we got a wide receiver quarterback FaceTime happening here. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, he's because because we've said before, it's felt like Lamar's teammates have supported him. I don't know if Odell during this process is like, hey, is Lamar Jackson going to be the quarterback or not? Probably not because he's probably like 15 million. Yeah, that's better than I get anywhere else. I don't really care who's playing uh, quarterback, but that FaceTime was interesting. It's just sort of this weird story, Lamar Jackson, that continues to kind of hang over the NFL where we feel like we're probably not going to get any answers, uh, any resolutions to it until after the draft, I would think, at this point. And maybe not even then, as we've alluded to before, it could drag on to the regular season. So we'll see what happens there. All right, that's OBJ. Now let's get to the other, the exercise today. Adam Schefter's tweet. Now, we all probably could have assumed that teams were calling the Arizona Cardinals about trading up to the number three pick. They've got Kyler Murray. They're not going to draft a quarterback this year. Uh, we assume that trading down was a high likelihood for the Arizona Cardinals. But still, I like the spice of saying at least six teams have inquired about it. So now we can all say, ooh, all right, well, who would those six teams be? So here's the exercise. Ben and I have each picked out really in the seconds leading up to the show, if we're being honest, uh, the team we think is most likely to trade up to number three, the team we think should trade up to number three, and then the wild cards. I wanted to get, I don't know, get a little spicy. You know, who's the team mm -hmm. nobody is talking about? So I believe I'm first, Benjamin, because I have the extra point taken this week. And 
All right, here, I'm going to do something I've never done here on Extra Point Taken. I'm getting the timer out on my phone because I feel like we've devoted too much time to talking about this team, uh, and we really should not. And it's, I think it's mostly been my fault, but it is the team that I think will trade up to number three. I'm setting a five-minute timer. We're not allowed to talk about them for more than five minutes. We move on to your point in five minutes. Okay, what Indiana- if I have them? Okay, I don't. We're good. We're good. We're good. Listen, We're good. I haven't thought. I, ha- I haven't thought this out. I mean, listen, I, this is spontaneity. As I this said, is uh, watching the podcast. I, I do every. I do every podcast like almost entirely off the cuff, and All watching right, have you pause, have to do a show okay, off the cuff the here is killing me. I do plenty off the cuff, but l- listen, usually for this show in the off season, we need some kind of planning here. I can't just nah. come on and say, "What are your three tips?" I could. We'll do that. Uh, we'll do that for the next. That'd episode. be a good All show. Right. That'd be a good show. Ta- timer was paused. Timer resumed. I think the Colts are going to trade up to number three. They are the team. We've talked about them in recent weeks. This is like the one team where you could say their GM's job might be on the line based on whether he can land a quarterback or not in those three days of the draft. Now, maybe they have a plan B up their sleeve if they don't get the quarterback uh, during the draft. But if you read any of Jim Mercy's quotes, he wants this team like they're, they're not in, hey, let's be patient and kick the can down the road and wait till next year. It's like, OK, a lot of things we've done have not worked out right now. We need to add a quarterback. We would like to add a quarterback in the draft, grow with them, play them on their rookie contract. And so them moving from four to three, I think, is a trade that could make a lot of sense because the Colts aren't going to have to give up a ton, I would say, just based on past draft precedent, maybe something like a second and something else to move up from four to three. The Cardinals, if they only have to move down one spot, whoever they want, Will Anderson, whoever, they can still do that. They could trade down again uh, if they need to. The Colts, I feel like, don't want to take like that huge swing at quarterback, but if that's all they're giving up to make sure, let's say, they get their guy in in Anthony Richardson, then I think they would be the team most likely to do that. What do you think about the Colts as an option? So my thing is this. We have this. three minutes and uh, 12 seconds on the clock, by the way. I definitely, I'm positive the Colts called. I'd set, I'd put uh, the whole bank down on the type of the Colts called. We have, we have the report from Adam Schefter being that six teams have called the Cardinals about pick three per league sources, which man, this has just been a great year for like utter transparency of what's going on. Just the Cardinals get telling Adam Schefter. Get your offers in. Yeah, oh, right oh, now, get your offers in. Oh, we have so many calls. Oh, we're inundated. Oh, the voicemail's full. Please, please stop calling for the third overall pick. Okay, so relax. But anyways, see, apparently six teams have called. Uh, I definitely think the Colts are one of them. For the Cardinals, like, sight unseen, not knowing anything about offers and details, the team I am the least likely to accept the offer from is is, is the Colts. Like, I mean, like, I'm, I'm, unless they really, really, really love a guy at, at three, like, they love a Will Anderson, they love a Jalen Carter, which yeah, there has been, yeah, which, right, there has been some push to that effect. There's been some, like, like Rappaport was on Pat McAfee's show going, like, no one knows if the Cardinals are going to move the pick or they aren't. My read of, like, smoke and fire is that the Cardinals are absolutely moving the pick. My read yes. is that the Cardinals don't have a defensive player at three they're over the moon about. And accordingly, like, why would I want to move back to four for, like, maybe a future second, right? If you go back and look at, like, the Mitchell Trubisky trade, when the Bears moved up from three to two, they did that for a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and a future third-round pick. So you're not getting, like, a huge premium pick. And again, this is a, a new front office, a new head coach. Kyler Murray is not expected to be healthy to start the season. You're looking at Caleb Williams and Drake May come out in 2024. You're probably going to reset this thing. I want future firsts. 
I want future first a lot more than I want Jalen Carter. And, and like they might disagree and really love one of those guys, but that's not the sense I get. So while I think the Colts are, are a very clear should try to do it as best as they can team, I'm not sold they are the team that ends up doing it, not from their perspective, but from the Cardinals' perspective. Where I think if the Cardinals have two offers and one is the Colts and the other is any other team, I think they're going to be more inclined to take the other team's, other team's picks. Yeah, it's a good point about the future first. And also, yeah, how do they have the other players on their board ranked? Is there somebody, is there a cornerback? Is there one of these other players, uh, an offensive lineman in the top 10, top 15, where they're like, we don't see a lot of separation between these guys and a Jalen Carter uh, or a Will Anderson or whoever, you know, a team might take there at number three. So that makes a lot of sense. I love this. We're, I mean, oh, my last thing I want to say on the Colts. Can they put like a moratorium on still referencing the Andrew Luck retirement? Like Jim Irsay was still talking about this at the owner's meeting. Yep. Dude, it's been four years. It sucked. It was unprecedented. I understand. It put you guys in a bad spot. You've had four years to figure something out. Like, I, is it going to be the year 2047 yeah. and they still have not done anything in the AFC? And they're like, well, you know what? Andrew Luck in, um, you know, 2019, he retired and we're still kind of recovering from that. I mean, I feel like they should just have something internally where they're like in any public setting, we are not allowed to reference that as a reason for why we look a little bit like a train wreck of an organization right now. Uh, I, I, I'm so happy Ursa has stepped into the limelight because it means I'm no longer criticizing Chris Ballard, which I did for multiple years. And Colts fans, like I, no fan base hates more than Colts fans. But I, I, every time I wrote about Ballard, I had a paragraph where I was like, of course, Andrew Luck retired, as they will remind you at every possible opportunity four and a half years later, as if nobody's ever recovered from anything like this before. Come on, fellas. What have you done for me lately? Let's go. All right. I love it. We went just over, but not that much over. That's all the time you get. It was jokes. It was bits. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We had had the jokes in. I want to get your pick, but I want to ask you two questions really quick uh, about this topic. Now, number one is what you alluded to. Give me a percentage that the Cardinals trade down from number three. Like you said, you feel it's very likely. Mm -hmm. What's like the number you have to, you you would have to put on it? I, I want you to know that whenever people tell me something's really likely, I always demand a percentage. And I hate the, I, 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 it's such an important and helpful thing to do. Being on the other end of it is the worst thing ever. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't make, believe I make people feel this way. 93%. Honestly, I, w- I was just praising my daughter for this recently. She will ask a question. And if you're like, yeah, we'll do that later. She'll go, what time? Like when? And I'm oh, like, that's good. She is that's ready for upper yeah. management, baby. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you want yeah, the put her in charge. 93. All right. I was going to go like 85. So I think we're in the same. Yeah. It would be a surprise if they just stayed put uh, and drafted a player at three. And then the second question I wanted to ask you, because you came out with a fiery Anthony Richardson. I mean, when was that? Was that like a Friday night? All of a sudden I'm looking. And no, that was, that was Friday, Friday okay. morning. I finished okay, the charting early morning. morning. Yeah. Okay. Um, you like Anthony Richardson a lot. What are my question is what are is the percentage that whoever trades up to number three, it's for Anthony Richardson and not another quarterback. So this you have to think about. It's, well, yeah. could Richardson go one or two? Would a team trade up to three and draft Will Levis? They're surprises. And sometimes they're surprises. I don't know. Uh, so what yeah. percentage chance is it that the team that trades up to three, it's for Anthony Richardson? <sighs> I would say right now, he is the small favorite to be the quarterback selected at three in the event of a trade-up. However, small that's be- interesting. That's that's because I think the consensus expectation right now is that CJ Stroud and Bryce Young go in some order one and two, 
And with every day that we get closer to the draft, I think it is less likely that CJ Stroud and Bryce Young are the first two picks. <laughs> like, like Ooh, spicy. Bryce Young has become the betting favorite to go first overall at most major sports books. FanDuel right now, I want to say it's 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 like uh, he and Stroud are exactly the same, but Young has been moving towards being the favorite over the last two weeks. Um, if this is a smokescreen, it's a really well executed smokescreen. I'm of the inclination that the Panthers are taking Bryce Young at one. And there has been some clear messaging from Peter King and from Albert Breer and from Texans adjacent people that if Bryce Young is not available at two, it's not like, all right, take CJ Stroud and go. Like, that's not the Texans' thought right now. There's a lot more uncertainty there. Uh, and accordingly, like, you could see, like, you could still see Stroud one, Bryce Young two. You could still see Bryce Young one, Stroud two. But I think a, a, a legitimately likely outcome that's under discussed is Bryce Young one, wild card at two. And accordingly, Richardson is still the small favorite to be the pick at three, but a player who has a very legitimate chance to be available at three is CJ Stroud. And in the event that he's available at three, I think he's the player that gets moved up for. The team that I have selected as the will trade for this pick is the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders and CJ Stroud have both been very clear how they feel about one another. CJ Stroud gave a quote in, in March where he was like, the Raiders are great, man. You can tell they really love football. Big, big Raiders guy. Dave Ziegler's giving quotes about CJ Stroud. There's a good, there's a good, yeah, good, good Las Vegas and a CJ Stroud connection going on. Um, they obviously signed the Jimmy Garoppolo contract. I've seen people of the opinion that the Garoppolo contract is structured such that they don't have to aggressively go after a quarterback, and accordingly they won't. But like Deshaun Reed of the Athletic reported that they were talking about moving up to one. You know what I'm saying? Like they are looking at all trade ups. I'm positive they've called about three. Um, if they really like Stroud, and, and that's something I'm inclined to believe, I think they really like Stroud, and he makes it past the first two, I think they're throwing whatever cherry on top the Cardinals want, and they're going to go get him at three. If he's not, I think it becomes a little bit more dicey, but I could still see them moving up for Stroud, or I could still see them moving up for, for Richardson. And then you brought up Levis. They've also been connected to Levis multiple times during this process. I think they like Levis as well. Uh, and so to me, uh, the Raiders right now are are the team that I think is best suited for like a solid offer, but doesn't move the Cardinals super far back, right? So now instead of having to take like a huge deal, but you're out and you know outside the top ten, outside the top fifteen, now you're still making a top ten pick. Cardinals have every need under the face of the sun. You're still getting probably an elite defender, assuming three or four quarterbacks go in the first six picks. So it's a good spot for the Cardinals, and I think the Raiders are in a position where they can kind of watch out falls on draft night. Cardinals get on the clock at three, and then they say, okay. We'll give you that offer. We'll give you the extra pick on the back, and you don't have to move all the way to 11 with the Titans or 14 with the Patriots or whatever. I think I think it's a square deal for everybody. So Raiders, to me, are, are, are the team I expect does make the pick at three. Now, do you, is that exclusive to Stroud being available? I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I don't have any firm information on this. Josh Richards, Richard, Josh McDaniels, not Josh Richardson, the NBA player, Josh McDaniels trading up for Anthony Richardson it that feels like it would be a weird fit and a surprise uh, to me, but maybe you feel differently. Like, could you see the Raiders making that move for Richardson or not really? I think I, I um, the potential of Stroud being available at three greatly increases my expectation of the Raiders being the team to make the pick at three. I also think the Raiders have interest in Levis, and I also think the Raiders have interest in Richardson. I can't okay. comment to the degree like where they have those two guys. I can't comment how strong it is. There's a chance like their interest in Richardson was like, hey, is this guy good? And then they did the work and they were like, no. But uh, of the three, I'm very confident they like Stroud quite a bit. 
they might like even like Levis more and they're keeping it keeping it safe. But like I'm I'm confident they like Stroud a lot. And like I said, the closer and closer we get to the draft, the more and more I think Stroud has a good chance to be available at three, and that increases the Raiders' chance to move up to the pick. I also just think for the Cardinals, like it's it that's the right price. Like I think if like the Falcons at eight were legit about moving up, I think like that's a nice range for them. I don't think the Falcons necessarily are, but the Falcons are meeting with guys, they're meeting with Levis, they're meeting with Richardson, whatever. Uh like Lions at six, you know, I think that probably you know, I, I don't know how much you're going to get out of Detroit. I don't know if they're 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 a perfect team to match with that. But and again, I don't know how much they're interested in trading up. Raiders to me, like I like that range for the Cardinals. I like I like the the price for the Raiders. I think it all makes sense. It's all nice, neat, and tidy. Don't mean it's going to happen, but I like the tidiness of it. Uh, you mentioned the price. Let's uh, let's take a quick break, and then I want to come back and talk a little bit about what it would take to move up to that uh, number three spot based on past precedents. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Ringer NFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash Ringer NFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we are back here on Extra Point Taken. So we have a couple examples of teams moving up to three in recent years. The most recent, 2021 49ers go from 12 to three for Trey Lance. They trade two future firsts and a third for Trey Lance, a big, I mean, this would be a blockbuster, uh, big deal if a team did that. And then 2018, the Jets go from six to three for Sam Darnold. They give up two second round picks plus a future second. So that's sort of that, like, that's where it gets interesting. You know, like, like you mentioned a team like the Raiders, would it be a similar deal? Do they just give up a future first instead? But that is, I mean, that to me, is how a lot of these deals are done. We have all the different trade value charts out there. I find most often teams look at just, all right, when's the last time this happened? What did the deal look like? All right, we'll do so. We'll do something yeah, uh, like that. Some Not all the time. Yeah, but that's usually how it gets done. All right, now I now I I have to pin you down because you did not uh, answer the percentage question on whether it would be Anthony Richards. You, you gave a nice explanation. I thought you yes, gave good well, reasoning. That's, you that's, didn't give me a number. So You didn't give me a number. Okay, okay, okay. It's because I didn't understand parameters. <laughs> the parameters are a team is traded up to three overall and they've selected a quarterback. Put the percent chance that it's at, at, uh, for each of the top four that they're the pick at three. Is that the, for the framework here? The, the framework is simple. The, what is the percent? Yeah, a team, yes. A team trades up to number three. Yes. What are the percentage chances that that move is to pick Anthony Richardson versus the field? So if you think, okay. you know, I mean, I Bryce Young, be a quarterback. Yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll give you the percentage of all four quarterbacks. Okay. Bryce Young is, is Bryce Young is point one. I think he's gone. I think he's not there. Levis, twenty percent. 
20. Oh. Stroud. That feels high. Stroud, 39. <laughs> Richardson, 41. Does that math work? I think it works. Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, we're good. That's we're good. 80 yeah, yeah. plus 20. Well, it's 100.1% because you gave Young the 0.1%. Okay, get over we'll, it. We'll, yeah, we'll allow that. Uh, I would say, uh, I think it's much higher that it's for Richardson. We'll see once uh, all the dust settles, What uh, which of this is smokescreen, what's yeah. real. I still feel it like depends, it's going to yeah. be Young, Young and Stroud one, too. I would have Richardson over 50%. I would have him in like the 60 to 65% that if a team trades up to three, it's for Anthony Richardson. All right. Next question. What team should trade up to number three? I've got a team that you just mentioned a minute ago, and their fans are probably just want to take, like, they punch me in the face at this point after how much I've talked about them making a long-term move for a quarterback this offseason on every Ringer podcast platform. But I got the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions, this is a nice place to take a swing, my friends. Uh, they have picks 6 and 18. They have 5 in the top 100. They are third in overall draft capital. Guess what? Their roster's really, really good. Some of these other teams we're talking about, it's like, ooh, you probably want to hold on to some of those picks. Your roster stinks. The Lions roster is good. They need a long-term long term answer at quarterback. Richardson would not have to play right away. You can trade up there, as I mentioned earlier, that Jets trade, right? Jets go from six to three, give up two second-round picks plus a future second. So if you're a Lions fan, would you do that? Would you give up three day-two picks to move up from six to three, assuming it's a it's a deal in that ballpark? You get Anthony Richardson or whatever, or C.J. Stroud or whatever quarterback is available there at three. By the way, you still have the 18th overall pick, in the first round, you still have Jared Goff. You can play him in 2023, but it's not a you, you protect. You got to yeah. look a year ahead. You're not going to be in this spot next year going shoot. Well, that year did go the way we expected. What are we doing here at quarterback? Get out in front. You have us the sixth overall pick. You have two first round picks. Now's the time to make a move. Detroit Lions. They're the team that should pull the trigger on this move. Not. They, it's not just that they have 18 overall. They also have an extra second round pick from the Vikings because the TJ Hawkinson trade. And next year, they have an additional third round pick from the Vikings because the TJ Hawkinson trade. Now, they gave up multiple fourths in that trade, right? So it's not like they have like a surplus of picks. It's just that their day two picks are more valuable than than they typically would be. But with that said, like if if you go, Cardinals, we'll give you 18, a second this year, and a second next year. Functionally, you're out a second round pick next year. Beautiful. Do it. You got to do you it, man. And you have a high upside quarterback. And you have you a high upside quarterback. You got to do it. <laughs> oh, you have to. The, I, I am so emotionally prepared for Lions heartbreak this draft. I really am. Uh, we, we, had, we had somebody hit us up after like uh, uh, last, last week's episode. I talked about how the Lions rebuild has been so perfectly executed so well done and they said like you know like, kind of like what are you talking about like it's not been that great like they don't have a quarterback like they're why aren't they like why are you talking about them like like you know you wouldn't talk about the colts this way and that's how the colts did it they drafted all these these good players but they never got a quarterback and they never figured it out that's exactly the point is that that 
you you want to have the correct infrastructure in place such that when you get the rookie quarterback in there, he's not Justin Fields with Matt Nagy. He's not Sam Darnold on the Jets where there's just no infrastructure to support him. He's just on his own trying to figure it out behind a bad offensive line with bad receivers and bad coordinator. Like you want to make sure you have the bedrock. It doesn't need to be perfect. But you have to have the bedrock in place to actually get the young guy in here and he can he can grow and he can blossom and now use whatever horticultural metaphors you want. The Lions have executed that wonderfully on the offensive side of the ball, kept Bed Johnson from being hired away. Offensive line, multiple receiver picks, hitting on late-round guys. It's so good. And in this draft, if they pass on a quarterback, or if they do like the, oh, we won't take a top-tier guy, but we'll spend a second-round pick on Tanner McKee, they are they are now becoming the Colts. They are Chris Ballard ding. They are they they are pushing this pushing this into the future when you have to commit. It's you start a ticking clock when you commit, right? You draft an early quarterback in the first round and he doesn't work, you tend to get fired as a general manager. That's just a historical precedent. So absolutely you start a ticking clock on yourself. But if you want to win championships, you gotta do it. And there is no better draft than the draft in which you have two top 20 picks and there are four top quarterbacks and you have extra selections afterward and the team at three is trying to trade down. This is it. This is the one. You gotta go. And I'm so worried that they won't. I'm so worried they're going to hold their water. I think the Lions are the clear 100% favorite for a team that should do this. Oh, so you had the same answer as me. You were going to go yes. with the Lions. I, I, I have okay. another team I'm prepared to talk about. Okay. Um, but I okay. like if you didn't if you didn't take the Lions, I would have absolutely taken the Lions. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I and I feel like if I was a GM in the NFC, I'd be acting irrationally right now, just looking around, going, "Hey, we got a shot here." You know, we're we're not in a in a conference with uh, Brady and Manning and Roethlisberger or whatever it was, you know, back in the day, or even the AFC now. Like it's it's wide open where some of these NFC GMs with a good draft here, or if you nail a quarterback, you're really positioned uh, way ahead of some of these other teams. So, all right, we're both in the same uh, in the same boat. There there with the Detroit Lions. All right, who was the other team you were going to mention that should make this move? I think the Falcons should make this move. I think they should move up from from 8 to 4, or excuse me, 8 to 3. Offensively, are they as talented roster-wise as the Lions are? No. But again, talking about like, is the bedrock there? Absolutely, it's there. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Arthur Smith, an offensive line they just invested a lot of money in that's got solid players, like an offensive system that works. To me, absolutely, there's there's those areas is strong for development. I liked Desmond Ritter a lot coming out of Cincinnati last year. As you like to bring up, Shield, a third-round pick, a quarterback is not a real thing. Can't set your watch to it. It's, that's a figment of your imagination. You're absolutely right. You didn't spend, like, for as much as I like Ritter, and for as much as, in my opinion, the last, like, the games that Ritter played, you're like, oh, yeah, I can see this working. Like, he's got to take time and everything. But, like, there's stuff here that, like, he can hang at the NFL level. If you had spent a first-round pick on the guy and you're a little bit more pot-committed, then all right, you're less likely to yeah. trade up. You spent a third-round pick on the guy. That's not precluding you from doing anything. And so if you're looking at this class going, oh, we really like Anthony Richardson, but we should see what this Desmond Ritter's got. This is where that like the, the nerd approach, the Eagles approach of like, no, like you should always have multiple young quarterbacks in the building. You should always be ready for the next cycle, ready for the next development. Like That's where this really holds credence. Where it's like, yeah, you might like Ritter, but guess what? Like, you're going to like Anthony Richardson a lot more if you get him in the building yeah. and he hits. And and you're not going to like Ritter as much if Anthony Richardson ends up a, you know, lion and he hits over there. Like, that's not going to feel good. Uh, so to me, like, like that's why they fall into the should category where it's like, yeah, you 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 got to look into this. You and, and if you 
have the, the the capital and the deal to execute, I think you should take it. They aren't as flush with with extra draft picks the way the lines are, right? Again, they're like a step below for sure. They do have a future day two pick coming from them from the Calvin Ridley trade with the Jaguars. If 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 the Jaguars sign Ridley to an extension, which is just like if he's good next year, um, it'll be a second round pick. So they do have a little bit of extra juice. Uh, I, I think it would be justified, right? And so uh, to me, like they're absolutely a should team. Lions are very clearly the should team. Falcons are also a should team. Yeah, Falcons uh, have three picks in the top 100, which is not you know a lot, but they have eight overall picks, and they are 10th in overall draft capital, to your point. So they still have more draft capital than the average team. The Lions, by the way, are third in overall draft capital. I can't remember uh, if I mentioned that or not. All right. Let's take one more break. We come back, and I can't wait to see who you have for your wild card pick for this, and I will offer mine as well. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice-cold reward because you are a fighter, and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodello.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. All right, we are back on Extra Point Taken. Now, you know, you got to scroll down a little bit. You got your favorites. You're looking at your top eight, ten. Wait a minute, but who is a team that just could be a complete wild card and make a move for a quarterback? I had some trouble with this, by the way. This conversation, this draft is going to be fantastic. I mean, we don't know which quarterback the Panthers are taking. Two, as you're alluding to, all this buzz about are the Texans just going to do something completely stupid and not draft a quarterback at number two. Three, we're talking about Arizona. We know they're going to move out. Four, the Colts. I mean, who knows? Jim Mersey could just come in and rip Chris Ballard's draft board off the wall and say we're going with Jalen Carter or something completely wild with the Seahawks at five we talked about the Seahawks last week man if one of those quarterbacks slips they could even trade up to number three this this top five is is this as good as like we've had I can't remember the last time it was this good so I so I I have a I have a a comparison for you what I can never remember what jobs you held when? Because in my time in sports media, you've had like four different jobs. When? Me neither, what were you thanks. doing? During- I'm very loyal. I'm enjoying my time at the Ringer. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> That's not what I meant. I have like you saying <laughs> that. I was like, oh, this is kind of maybe mean a little bit. But no, just very talented. 2018 draft. What? Like, do you remember leading up to that draft? How like just for months it was like, man. I mean, the Bear- the Browns are gonna take Sam Donald at one, but what if they went crazy and took Josh Allen? Like that would be nuts. And then like yes. two days before the draft, it was. John Dorsey's taking Baker Mayfield, folks. <laughs> and then at two, Dave Gettleman took Saquon Barkley, right? The running back from Penn State, which we were all like, I mean, obviously he's gonna, but he's not gonna. Like, oh, he's talking about it, but they're not gonna do it. And then he did. And, the, and so the quarterbacks go and you have the trade-ups and, and, and like that, to me, that 2018 draft where like I legitimately think we're gonna be seven days out and we're still gonna be talking about like, all right, so if the Panthers do this at one, then this at two. And if the Panthers do that at one, and then the Texans have to do this at two or that at two, which then means the Cardinals at three, I think we're still going to be there. And to me, that is awesome. It's obviously awesome from a content perspective, like professionally speaking, but just from an enjoyment perspective, like that's so much fun. Like the, 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 the NBA draft last year, 
24 hours beforehand, there were three candidates for one overall. Nobody knew who was going where. And the betting markets are flying around up and down. Yeah. Fake sources. We got fake blue checks now. I mean, it's going to be a hoot and a holler. I can't wait. Yeah, that this is a and this is fun with the betting markets also with this. Like usually I like looking at those also. Historically, the betting markets have no idea who's going like it changes, you know, wildly mm-hmm. uh day to day, week to week. So that's what even makes it uh more fun. Like with injury news during the season, you're like, all right, that might be telling me something. Not the case here. All right, the wild cards. I'm going with the New England Patriots. I it's far fetched. I understand. I, I'm not going to bet the mortgage on this, but is there a scenario? You know, I think uh, there were there were some reports about Mac Jones was going outside the organization. Uh, I think it was Tom Curran who covers the Patriots, uh, you know, to get uh, help last year because the in-building, in-organization coaching was not good there with Matt Patricia. Did that irk Bill Belichick? Does Bill Belichick view any of these quarterbacks as special? Could they shock everyone, trade Mac Jones to a team like perhaps the Las Vegas Raiders, get some draft capital back that way, he's on a rookie contract, and then you make the big move up to trade into the number three spot from 14, I think, to draft one of these quarterbacks. Again, this would be very un-Belichickian. I don't expect it to happen, but as I was scrolling down... Robert Kraft, you know, during the owners' meetings was pretty clear that he's kind of tired of them being a 500 franchise since Tom Brady left. Bill Belichick probably does not care about that at all. But does he view any of these quarterbacks as special? Does he think, hey, now's a good time to take a swing? Uh, If it doesn't work out, who cares? I don't know. But I had the Patriots as my favorite sleeper, really, in kind of the, the, the bottom half of the first round. Yeah, Patriots are my, my favorite sleeper, too. Like, it's just... Really? Will they? Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, will okay. they? Will they? No. No. Does it make sense? Yes. Is it irritating that they won't because it makes sense? 100%. <laughs> if it happened, would I feel very vindicated? Yes. Accordingly, that makes them a good sleeper. That process there for me. <laughs> um, do, you, do you classify the Titans as a sleeper at 11? Is that, is that pass, pass for you? Uh, the tight. I was actually considering the Titans in one of the other categories, like like a should or a will. I mean, that to me seems like a real, uh, a very real possibility. Just just Richardson with Vrabel, right? Just like you know, mm-hmm. chest pumping to alpha male, just getting after it in the AFC South. Like to, 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 to me, that to me, to me, that's <laughs> Levis. To me, that's Levis and Vrabel. Really? Right? Okay. Oh yeah. Levis, who's yeah. coming under fire jacked for up. getting too yeah. jacked during the NFL draft process. Hey, you tell me that's not a variable? Yeah, I've been yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, the, um, yeah, I know, it's a common <laughs> issue for me. Um, I, so like, I couldn't fully put the Titans in wood, in wood, will slash should, because like the offense sucks. Like they have yeah. no line. I don't know whether passing game is supposed to work. Like it's, it's a total mess. And so to me, like they, if they get a guy, I'd rather get a guy and like let him sit for a year behind Tannehill in the final year of his deal. Final final year of his deal. Words are tough today. And then if you know, let 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 <laughs> I forgot about that. Let Tannehill take take some body blows for the love of the game, and then put the young guy out there kind of when you're when you're ready next year. Uh, trading up for a dude doesn't preclude you from doing that. 
Like if you go up from 11 to three, it doesn't mean you have to play Will Levis and Anthony Richardson by week five. It does make it harder not to. It like from a PR perspective, from a fan demand perspective, from a team expectations perspective, it, it does. It, it does provide more of a challenge. Again, it doesn't stop you. It's just something to be cognizant of. So I I I, I waffled on them as, as a will should. I, I again like I don't really think they're a sleeper either. I think it's pretty well known that they're looking at quarterback. I think they're sniffing around trade ups. I, I, to me, like that's that's they don't qualify as a sleeper either. The Titans are just around. The Titans are just like it might happen. Like that, that, that they fall into that category. The other sleeper is, like, you know, when, when, you, when you're looking at pick three overall, you start looking at the NFL draft order. You say, okay, you know, Patriots at 14, that'd be an even bigger move than when the Niners moved from 12 to three. And they had to do that with multiple future firsts. Like, the, the, like you brought up with the Patriots. Like, they may have to trade Mac Jones just to move up halfway to then get the move up the rest of the way. So it's like a two-part move. That's tricky. Uh, okay, like, we started to get even wider. Started to go, you know, Packers at 15, Washington at 16, like, these are teams that could do no, not it. Not the pack. I feel like the I feel like the Packers are a pack, hard yeah. now. Packers, yeah. Packers are yeah. Packers are good with Jordan Love, but like yeah. let's use the Commanders at sixteen. Like okay, like yeah, I'm sure they'd like to get a rookie quarterback in there that they really like, but the price is just unimaginable. The only can I team tell on- you what I can I tell you what I picture at the I just picture the Commanders facility and uh, hopefully this doesn't come off. As just, I picture them like taking naps during the day, like going like everyone just kind of chilling, hanging out, waiting for the team sale to go through. Like, listen, winning yeah. isn't really the priority here. We're just trying to protect ourselves from the embarrassment uh, of our owner. Once that changes, we'll decide whether we want to build a winning franchise. But I don't sense like a lot of activity there uh, in DC. That's probably mean and an accurate but that's how i picture it in my head them like doing a, like they're, taking naps under their desks right they're a great i keep giving them brian branch the safety from alabama in mock drafts because it's like not a sexy player not a high value position uh, suboptimal measurables but guess what there's no owner around being like we got to make a splash and so all the football guys going to be like oh he's a quality player get him in the building yeah. right like if there were if there were a top tier guard in this class Washington at 16, no doubt. God, it's good guard. Like, you know, you're not worried about the ownership aspect of it. The only team to me that's like outside of the top 10, top 12 that wants to get up, that has the ammunition to get up would be the Ravens because they can trade Lamar. That's the, Ooh. that's the, that's the, that's the, but like when we go like sleeper, that's the only thing where it's like, okay, like obviously that can't happen. That's an absurd, enormous trade. I don't even know. After you propose it, like, hey, I go from 22 to 3 and you get Lamar. I don't even know, like, what, who needs more? Like, who, like, what, where does, where do picks get at? I don't know which side. Like, it's impossible to, to think about. But that's the only one to me that's, like, got some credence because they actually have that caliber of a trade chip. Like, underdog fantasy Josh Norris was talking to me about the Vikings at 23. And it's like, okay, get from 23 to 3. How? You trading Justin Jefferson? Because you don't have a chip that's valuable enough. You'd have to trade all of your first and all of your seconds. This would be draft day trade, man. Like, you can't. To me, to me, there's no way to get there. So those are the only teams that, like, okay, like, maybe. But I don't see, like, Tampa 19. How do you get Tampa from 19 to 3? They don't have enough. Like, they'd have them yeah. mortgage the entire future in order to do it. I feel like I have to take a walk after that ra- that Ravens thing kind of broke my brain a little bit. I'm I, it's, it's like I legitimately <laughs> wouldn't know how to counter it. Like Lamar and a first? Like I, is well, that it would sense? Be, you, would, you, you would be trading Lamar elsewhere to accumulate draft capital to, to then trade for the Cardinals. To then trade to the Cardinals, I would think. But, you know, potentially 
that would be possible. I mean, Anthony Richardson throwing a hotel. You're just plugging him in that offense uh, next year as a runner and throwing to Odell Beckham Jr. All right, that was a fun one. I'm glad you brought up the Ravens. And yeah, the Vikings, I mean, the Vikings have five picks in this year's draft. They're 30th in draft capital. Like, otherwise I'd be like, yeah, you know, maybe they uh, take a big swing. They've got no long-term answer, but uh, like you said, I mean, I don't really know what you're giving up. I guess you can always give up future picks, but it's such a, I mean, they would be going from where they'd be 23. You said, so yeah, I mean the, the 49ers to get from 12 to three, had to give up two future firsts and a third. What do you have to give up? It's almost like the yeah the deal the Eagles did for Carson Wentz. The Vikings would almost have to get up like to around twelve and then make that deal. Uh, but I don't think they really have uh, have the stuff to go ahead and do. How that. did right. the Eagles when the Eagles went from from fifteen to two for Wentz? They did what? They did like a pick and then veteran. Was it just like Kiko Alonso, Byron Maxwell to get from fifteen to eight? And then they did picks from eight I to two. I can't remember what the actual trade terms were. I would have to go back and look at it. I'm old. You should remember uh, these things. I don't. I don't remember uh, anything about it. But yeah, they had to. You know, they had to make two trades first. Get up into the middle of the first round and then get up yeah, there. They uh, the Eagles sent. Yeah, they sent 15 Byron Maxwell and Kiko Alonso to the Dolphins for eight overall, and then they sent eight and future draft capital. I can't remember exactly what for two for. Uh, to move up to two to go get Wentz. So like, yeah. so they had to go 15, eight to two. This would be 23 yeah. somewhere, three, yeah. even harder. It's, I mean, that's, it's insane, right? For the Vikings, it's yeah. untenable. The Ravens, it's tenable. You find somebody who likes Lamar. You send Lamar to the Falcons at eight. Again, I know the Falcons don't want to do it. I'm just bringing up a name. And then you go from there and you move all the way up and you go get Anthony Richardson and you just do this whole thing again with like an extremely mobile quarterback <laughs> and on a rookie contract. You just, just John Harbaugh dominating. Um, but yeah, I mean it's 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 a it's a mind bender of an idea. Well, we will see. If you uh, uh, now, did we forget any names? Was there? Uh, you know, we're gonna get somebody. Now we didn't mention the Seahawks. The Seahawks could potentially uh, do it if they love. I saw. I, I yeah, people were like, "How do you not say this?" Because I tweeted about this. People were like, "Oh, Seahawks move from five to three. I'd be very surprised. I think the whole the whole beauty of the Seahawks is like we'll just sit here and kind of see what falls to us, man. Like we got. It, this is John Schneider. This is trade back king. I'd be stunned. Yeah. If, I, I don't think they're a trade up team from five to three. That doesn't make sense to me. I, I would not be stunned. I would be surprised, and I would have them lower than the other teams we mentioned. But if they love uh, Richardson, the Seahawks, I think, are second in overall draft capital. They're always looking. They were looking for quarterbacks when they had Russell Wilson. We talked about it last week. That Geno contract is very team-friendly where they have flexibility to move on uh, after one year. If they want to, they still have the 20th pick. And the other reason I'm not ruling them all the way out is because it doesn't, you know, it's not going to take a bunch to get from five to three. So if you love uh, the quarterback who's available at three, then maybe you think about it. But I think those are all the teams uh, that I wrote down here as possibilities. All right. I guess the extra point taken. All right, here's my extra point taken. This is like such a Debbie Downer extra point taken. I kind of hate myself. Oh, come on. This has been such a fun pod. We talked about being excited for the been draft. Fun, but I am futures. an old come curmudgeonly on. man. Yeah, I got out all my fun stuff earlier. It's just the, I don't like the idea, and we've talked, you and I have talked about this before. I don't know on what podcast it was or whether it was on a podcast or not on a podcast, but the <laughs> idea that like, there will be all these players taken in the draft, and I hope all of them do well, but then there will be all of this analysis that T-Mex is fine at linebacker because they drafted player X 
in the third round. And so I just want to put some numbers and just explain how hard it is for a rookie to come into the NFL and play really well because it's you're So you're this is shock. just Shield hates third yeah. rounders yeah. for the extra yeah. point? No, not just third Shiel, round. It's Shield Shield's <laughs> war against pick 76. <laughs> this is this is easily the worst extra point taken we've had. I apologize. I don't know what. It's sunny outside. I'm in a great mood. It's 60 degrees out. Shield, take a walk. I don't know why I thought of this. All right, let me give you a little quiz. Uh how many Okay, so wait, wait, how do I how do I want to frame this? All right, so last year there were 262 drafted players. Okay, how many of those players do you think played at least 50 percent of their team snaps on offense or defense? So 262 drafted players. How many players played at least 50 percent of their team's offensive or defensive snaps as rookies? 50% is a lot. You have starters that get injured. Yeah. 262? I'm going to say... Yeah. I want to say like a little bit less than 10%. So I'm going to say like 23. Oh, you went very low. You, you, I mean, it was already the worst. I, oh, I ruined it. And oh, now you're, you were supposed to anchor high, and then I was supposed to say, uh, no, it's lower than that. Well, okay, you I'll, went I'll tell you why... <laughs> I'll tell you why. I, I'll tell you why I ruined it because I didn't. I probably didn't think about trenches enough because you have so many of those guards, yeah. like the guys who get drafted, they stick there and they play like the whole time, right? So what Corner, is it like? Is it the 40s? safety linebacker, old lineman? Those guys should be playing a lot of snaps. So what's the number? It's at, it is twenty point six percent. Fifty four total okay, so players no. drafted last year. So this is very you know fuzzy math here, but uh, one in five rookies drafted last year will play at least half of their team snaps. So the point is just that it is really hard to come in as a rookie and get on the field, get on the field a lot, play a prominent role, and play well as a rookie. So I'm just saying, let's not fall into the trap when we're doing our uh, analysis in May, June, July, August. Again, worst extra point taken of all time right here. Uh, just just pouring you know, cold water on everything. Uh, let's not fall into the trap of saying that these drafted players are going to come in and fill holes uh, specifically for good teams. That happens sometimes, and it's awesome when it does, and I hope all the rookies have tremendous careers and come in and play right away. But generally speaking, this is a very hard transition, and a team is not fine just because they drafted a guy uh, somewhere. Man, that was bad. Do you have anything else to add? You look very upset I'm with look, me. You're staring at something. I'm looking at this list. I'm stunned. It's 20%. Yeah. I'm just looking at like the first round and like it's that surprising to me. But I guess like yeah. I don't know like like cuz like in my head in my head like in my head I, I was like all right, like uh, Trent McDuffie for the Chiefs. There's no way he played over 50% cuz he was hurt. And then I look back and he like 100% did. So I think I probably overestimated how much injuries affect things. Like like, like Kayvon Thibodeau obviously played more than 50%. Petrie played more than 50%. Like, Brees Hall played more than 50%. Like, he was out for, like, I feel like half the year. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how know. time around, works, man. That was around the middle of the season. Yeah, that was tough. All right. That'll do. Can you end it on a fun? You're a, you're a more fun person than me. Do you, do you want to yeah, end uh, it on the fun? Do you have very, anything very fun easily. to say? Very yeah. easily. Absolutely. Okay. So I said up, it was going to be a fun draft. I should have just yeah. ended with that. That should have been yeah. my extra point taken. Yeah. It should, right, extra point taken happened in the middle. This is the second extra point taken. It's not as good. It's like a bad two-point try attempt. Like this they is the haters, didn't work. the haters extra yes. point taken. There you if go. you're listening still at this point, you hate the game. Uh, <laughs> here's, here's, here's extra point positive spin. 
As Shield okay. said, only 20% of, of rookies play at least 50% of their snaps for their unit. As Shield said, don't put too many eggs in the basket of middle round picks. Don't say that like, oh, well, this guy will clearly step in and be a starter because he was picked at 84 overall. That's not the case. Here's the good news. It's different for you this year, sweetie, though. No, no, no. You're right. Absolutely. The third round linebacker you got, he's going to be different. He's going to be the special one. For sure. Don't worry about it. So obviously, that's like a general understanding. But for you, random Vikings fan who watched Brian Asamoah film at Florida State and is like, yeah, he's going to be a starter. You're right. Don't worry about it. You've got it. And that only applies to everybody else. You're special. At first, I thought you were calling me sweetie, and I like had no idea what to do or how to respond, but I, I would have appreciated that nonetheless. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Extra Point Taken. Thank you to Ben Solak. Thank you to ace producer Cliff Augustine. Additional production supervision by Connor Nevins and Arjuna Ramgopal. We will have this feed filled with more content this week and, of course, next week as we look ahead to the draft, which is what, 14... No, 17 days away, something like that. April 10th, yes, it's coming sir. up soon. Regardless, we str- you know, we struggle at times in this episode. We will end struggling. Thank you to everyone for listening. We'll be back soon on the Ringer NFL Network.